What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. So today with me, I've got the lovely Claudia Zavala, who is a reproductive activist, and we're going to kind of dive into this conversation. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Claudia. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be on. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we should probably start off with how you got interested in reproductive rights. It seems like that's probably a pretty good story. Yeah, so uh, I kind of go way back, like way back before I even had like the language of like reproductive justice. Um, I I was raised um, really Catholic. Um, and so like very like conservative Catholic, so very anti-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't ever really sit right with me. Um, it was something that I grew up, I mean, I grew up going to like essentially conventions where um, people would like give like fire and brimstone speeches about how abortion was murder um, and how, you know, people who got abortions were like sluts and whores and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And like the misogyny was always really apparent. Um, It was always very palpable. you saw it in the language that people use to talk about abortion. Um, and so like, even from a young age, it just never felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then you, you go forward a few years and I end up needing an abortion myself. Um, that was a few years ago. Um, and I'm living in, not in Minneapolis at the time. I was actually um, in the suburbs of a city called St. Cloud. Yep. Um, at that point in time, I thought I could just like waltz into my local Planned Parenthood and get an abortion. And I thought that would be the end of it. Um, but I had to actually jump through a lot of hoops to be able to access abortion. Yeah. And it came as a big surprise. I think I was very naive at the time. Um, I thought Minnesota is a blue state. Um, Abortion rights will be protected here. It's all going to be easy and over and, you know, snap of my fingers. So Um, I'm sorry to cut you. Continue. Sorry about that. Oh, no, go ahead. So I was wondering kind of what sort of hoops you had to jump through um, when you were going to go through with this abortion. Cause like, I, I'm looking at this, like, this is like, I've landed on a strange foreign land. I have no idea about any of this stuff. So I'm very curious. Yeah. So right off the bat, cost was a big barrier. Um, I was working retail at the time at a furniture store. Um, it was 600 bucks. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, did some Googling 600 bucks is just not something that I like had lying around. Um, I had to like, I needed to have a supportive partner who was willing to like split the cost with me. Otherwise it just wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we're now, I mean, feel free not to answer this question, but I'm a very curious person, but after you went through it, was there any like, ramifications per like did you feel like bad or were you kind of like all right i i'm just kind of curious again foreign territory so you don't have to answer that question but i'm just curious yeah so 
having grown up like Catholic in that environment of like, um, like fire and brimstone, abortion is murder, um, sluts and whores get abortions and they're bad people. Before I had the abortion, I thought, oh my gosh, am I gonna feel guilt? Am I gonna, like, is my upbringing gonna catch up with me? Are those ideas gonna like stay with me after I've gone through with it? But what I found was after I had the abortion, it was it was an oddly like joyful experience. Like I am not able to like live according to my beliefs in a lot of circumstances. Like I, you know, I believe that like um, people's livelihoods have importance and significance and yet, you know, I live under capitalism where mm-hmm. that's not really the case and I'm not allowed to like live to my be- allowed to live to my beliefs um but I was allowed to like take control over my body and like decide what was best for me in this instance mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't easy like just logistically um but like in every other sense it was an easy decision for me and afterwards I felt like a strange sense of like this is dope I got to do what I wanted to do yeah, yeah, and that's so. One of the things that I mean, I've always wondered about because I'm, I'm definitely pro, pro choice, but it gets squirrely for me about like the later on in the prayer. Like I'm, I think that if I had to vote, like I think late term, in the late term, I think that that's probably a line. It's that's a line that. I wouldn't cross, right? I was kind of wondering like where your thoughts are on that. My thoughts on like late-term abortion are pretty much the same as my thoughts on like early like-term abortions. And it's it's always a personal choice. You find in most circumstances where someone is getting a late-term abortion, um, it's it's usually under some pretty excruciating circumstances where, the pregnant person's life is Mm -hmm. at risk. Um, And to like take away, like when someone is in like excruciating circumstances, the last thing that you want to do is take away choices. Yes. I think that's, that's a, if, if you, that's a good point that I hadn't thought of, right? Like if it's either you or your unborn child, like that that's that's a different kind of conversation i think that yeah. on the and even some and some in the pro life pro life camp would be like in case of rape right like that's a justifiable cause um but i don't know the late term that's that's a tough one for me i if, i mean respectfully disagreeing i i feel like that's that's would be just a line cuz it gets squirrely there a little bit but um i am i am i am a but you do bring up a good point and I haven't thought about it from that perspective of like, if you are like, I, there's, there's certain cases where someone might die and that's the only choice they have. Right. And I don't think that you should make that illegal because we all want to preserve our life. That's what we're pretty much hardwired to do. Um, but I mean, in, in, in a case where your life isn't at risk, what, what are your thoughts then? It's, for me, it's still a matter of choice. And the thing is, like, those circumstances are exceedingly rare. When someone Mm -hmm. wants to get an abortion, they usually want to get an abortion right away. Like, in most cases, 
um, like people who want an abortion don't just like, they don't just not want to give birth. They don't want to be pregnant. Yeah. Um, and so even in cases where like the person's like physical life isn't in danger, um, I just, I find it hard to believe that there aren't some other like extenuating circumstances that lead them to make that decision later on, um, as opposed to how it happens usually um, when someone finds out they're pregnant, they want an abortion right away if they exactly. want Exactly. And, and like those, I, you would def, I definitely feel like you're, you, you're onto something there, whereas they, they don't want to be pregnant and they want to deal with that right away. I guess, I mean, there's definitely shades of gray in this argument and it's such it's such a hot like it's very polarizing issue that's the word i'm looking for Mm -hmm. it's a very polarizing issue so you would think so um but actually so the data that i have on abortion since i am based out of minnesota um is largely from minnesota but you find similar patterns repeating across the country people who are anti-choice are a very small minority of people. So um, just get really specific, like people who want people who get abortions to face some type of repercussion, whether that be like physical danger during the abortion itself or like jail time are very like, it's around 25%, 20 to 25% of people. So that's a small minority of people. Um, the reason that people do perceive this to be a really polarizing issue is because anti-choice people are violent. <laughs> They're really loud. Um, and so they really amplify their presence on this issue. Um, but I, I guess I don't consider it a polarizing issue anymore. I did before I started doing this work, but now I see that it's like such a small minority of people who are actually vocal about this. They're just extremely vocal. To be to to be in their defense, if you really believed, right, like in the early portion of the pregnancy, um, that children were being murdered, like you would be super loud as well. Like that's you got to think of like that's what they believe. Like this is murder, and we have to be as loud as we as humanly possible to save the children. So I think that's why you get such impassioned. Uh, viewpoints on this because that's what they that's what they really believe i mean these people have killed i think abortion doctors like they bombed them no most recently in texas something that stood out to me someone hid in the trunk of a woman who was seeking abortion care and shot her so i don't think there's like such cognitive dissonance there whether like they shot the pregnant person not caring whether like shooting the pregnant person would harm the unborn child or the the fetus yeah Um, so and unborn child i use that because that's the term that they would use um so there's like extreme cognitive dissonance there yeah that so yeah they murdered this do you wait do you know any more about this story like was this the was this the the unborn child's dad or like what what is there's just some crazy person? I so I think it was someone who was close to the mother. I don't think details have been released on or at least the last that I saw, no additional details have been released, but it was someone who was close to the pregnant person. Um I used mother. I shouldn't use that word. That's not um 
accurate. DeMarco will find it. Uh, Did Texas just passed a law uh, that that was, uh, did they make abortion illegal in the state of Texas? Abortion is not illegal. I don't remember the exact um, term. Um, Like the the term, um, the like gestational like point at which they made it illegal, but they basically made all abortion abortions illegal effectively like yes and no um so how people realize that they're pregnant usually um is they miss a period right yeah that's that's two weeks like by the time that you've missed a period you're already two weeks pregnant Mm -hmm. um i don't remember at how many weeks they've cut off the um They've cut off like abortion rights, but like it's it's cutting it pretty close. Uh, so I have the Texas law that you're talking about. There's two two instances. Last week on the 19th, they passed a bill uh, that banned abortions the moment a fetal heartbeat had been detected. Uh, and then I believe it also had something to do with that there were you could you abortions were legal under their restrictions prior to six weeks. Uh, and then just yesterday or two days ago, they uh, signed a bill that says that is if Roe v. Wade is overturned at a federal level, then uh, it will follow that then abortions will be fully illegal in Texas. Though, to add to what Claudia was saying last year, that last year, two years ago, Texas and a few other states did some like they keep doing these weird backdoor abortion bans where they said that if a clinic that offered abortions has to have doors that are wide enough to fit a standard gurney like at a hospital and none of like no abortion clinic is in a purpose-built facility a lot of them are just in like they're like doctor's offices and repurposed homes or in like office parks wow it's a sneaky way thank you yeah that's a that's a nice little loophole they found there that's it's very clever actually um the so what are you doing to combat this? Like, I mean, your, your focus in, is in Minneapolis, but I'm, I'm sure that you have, what, sister organizations that you work with across the country? So I work for a campaign slash coalition called Unrestricted Minnesota. It's currently the only um, campaign of its kind. Um, so we are focused on healing the restrictions that exist in um, Minnesota. Um, and so it's not just about Minnesota though. So we, in the upper Midwest, we are the only state that, um, whose constitution, whose, our state constitution protects your right to have an abortion. Um, so we're unique in the upper Midwest. That means like people travel from the rest of the upper Midwest to Minnesota to have abortions. Mm-hmm. Like we, we get like, we get quite a few people um, every year. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're what we're focused on. We most recently were working on a bill called the Patients' Right to Know Act, which was a jab at the Women's Right to Know Act, an anti an anti choice um, piece of legislation. Mm, okay. Yeah. I didn't. I uh, did not know what. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the Patients' Right to Know Act, um, again, it's a jab at the Women's Right to Know Act, which is um, anti-abortion legislation. 
um, the Women's Right to Know Act. Um, it does a few different things. Um, it establishes a forced 24 hour waiting period because you have to have a consultation um, 24 hours before your abortion procedure. Um, the consultation consists of a doctor reading you a state mandated script. So the script is not, um, it wasn't generated by physicians. Um, it was written up by politicians, by anti-choice politicians, and it contains a lot of misinformation essentially. Um, one of the things that stands out to me is it hints at a link between abortion and breast cancer, which does not exist. Um, there is no link to abortion and breast cancer. Um, I think of it as though if you went to a restaurant and you saw signs everywhere that said, there's no rat poison in our food. <laughs> yeah, th that is, I did not know that. So yeah. they're trying to, they're trying to freak people out and get them to not do this. Yes. Um, another thing in the script, um, the doctor has to look at you or it can be conducted over the phone as well. Um, but the doctor has to tell you that a man is responsible to pay child support, um, even if there's no man involved um, in, with the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. That that that, that road doesn't always uh, doesn't always pan out. So, um, yeah, that's kind of shitty. I don't think yeah. I like that. I, I can't. But I, I go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, and doctors can face jail time if they don't go through with, like, reading the script. Um, and because it's a consultation, it also adds a lot of cost to the procedure because you're having to go see a doctor um, an extra time. Okay. And so you guys are trying to get that repealed. You're trying to take that, make, make sure that that doesn't happen? Yep. So that's what the Patient's Right to Know Act would do. Um very like technically establishes a right for physicians to share medically accurate information with their patients. Um, it also gets rid of the forced 24 hour waiting period. I think that, I think that's, I think that's a good thing. One of the things that uh, people don't like on that might be pro life and I'm lumping them into, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Pro pro life. Um, that might be, that I might be lumping it. So, when you have, um, have you are you aware of Freakonomics? Uh, I think it was a book. I can't remember who that Demarco find that who that the, the author was. But um, when people started having uh, abortions, like the crime rate started to go down uh, because, like, like if you have unwanted children or someone that's not in a good financial position to raise a child, like you know, bad things started happening. So this is one of the weird correlations. They felt, okay, go ahead. Uh, sorry. The Freakonomics, the book was written by Stephen Levitt, uh, Steve. Yeah. Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner uh, okay. was uh, both of them are economists from the university of Chicago. See if you can find the statistics or what and whatnot on abortion. Yeah, I like, will because I, I I remember reading that. Right. It, was, it was very interesting. But I think they they found out the the, the um he'll he'll tell us. But bottom line is it's not. I, I think it's it's not a bad thing. It's something that we've been doing as a species for thousands of years. You could eat a root or whatever if you you know. So when you when you start getting the religious components and 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 
in there, it kind of clouds people's view. But I am as a libertarian, like I am all for like freedoms, just about all freedoms. So, I mean, technically, policy wise, I would have to be for even late. Oop, here he is. He's found it. Yeah. So this is I'm reading straight from the abstract. Uh, it is a working paper from the Becker Friedman Institute at the University of Chicago, which is an economics think tank by uh, John Donahue and Stephen Levitt. Um, let's see. Between, sorry, estimated, estimated coefficient. So the according to this, the estimated coefficient on legalized abortion is actually larger, larger in the latter period than it was in the initial data set. We estimate that crime fell roughly 20% between 1997 and 2014 due to legalized abortions. The cumulative impact of legalized abortion on crime is roughly 45%, according to a very substantial portion of the roughly 50 to 55% overall decline from the peak of crime in the early 1990s. And this is John Donahue, who is from the Stanford School of Law, and Stephen Levitt, who is an economist from the University of Chicago. I'll have a link to the, um, the paper in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that blew my mind, though. That wasn't something that I was expecting to to find out about. But I mean, it is. It, it, it's a. So it sounds like my mother would hate me. She's very very pro life, but it's a, it seems like a very good service to society, right? Like if you're not ready to have a child, like bad things happen, kind of like yeah. it, based mean, off of the numbers. It turns out when people are like desperate and tired, they are more willing to act out um, in sometimes violent ways. Um, mm -hmm. Almost like humans are weird, big animals. Or <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing that I want to note, like, so the work that we do, um, it's not just like abortion advocacy. Like, that's a big part of what we do. But we also like focus on. We do this work through a reproductive justice lens. Um, and what that means is um, reproductive justice is a person's right to have an abortion, to be a parent as well, um, and to parent those kids in safe environments. Um, it also includes sexual autonomy um, and gender autonomy. Okay, really? Yeah. Um... So, we focused on the Patients' Right to Know Act, but we also focused on some other bills um, relating to um, like general health. Um, so like Minnesota is trying to, or some progressives in Minnesota are trying to essentially get um, public health care for the state of Minnesota. Really? How far along is that going? Like what's the next, like, steps so, in that minnesota um we have a split legislature so our house is controlled by the dfl party so the democratic party here in minnesota mm -hmm. um, and the senate is controlled by um, republicans i think we're actually the only state in the union with a split legislature um but anyways that's beside the point things can pass the house but not pass the senate um i don't think it actually passed the house which is unfortunate yeah. um but the the point that i was getting at is um it's not just about a person's right to have an abortion even though that's a, such a big part of our work it's also like a person's right to parent um and parent like successfully in environments that they choose um 
when like so you even you mentioned like the tie between um like abortion and crime rate um like really like simplifying things that means like having children is expensive (laughs) it is expensive as shit that's why i have none yeah (laughs) having children can impoverish people like it's a really really sad fact but it's it's true like having children can just make you poor Mm -hmm. um and like the the inverse of that is like um being prosperous um and having access to resources can make you want to have children believe it or not um Absolutely. Or make you more willing to have children. So, um, just to support what you said, yes, Minnesota is the only legislature in the country that has a uh, a split legislature. Everywhere else is either dominated uh, one side or the other. I think that's also a beautiful thing. I think that's good for the balance, right? Like, it kind of, um, it's good to have a d- different point of view. Like I, I wish that it's good to have the it's good to have a little bit of conservative thought, and it's good to have a lot of like liberal social progress thought. It's good. I like the chaos. I think that's when things work best. So that's kind of I, cool. I have to disagree with you. Like under like normal circumstances, I would, but this is the U.S. So there isn't really a left wing and a right wing. There's a right wing and then a right right wing. Um, so you don't actually get as much variety um, as the, you would expect with like a split legislature. The, the same could be said on the other side, though. There's a le- there's like the center, right? There's this, I think most of us are the center. Then there's the left, and then there's the extreme left, and there's also the extreme right. And it's the extremes that are fucking everything up. But I, I mean, I would say that I'm definitely more like I, at least ahead. like officially, like I just. So you don't see far left people in office or far left leaders in office um, in the U.S. Like that's that's not a thing. I can't think of a single elected official who I would consider far left. I would say I would say AOC is pretty far left. Nope. If you put her on a global scale, so if you stack her up against politicians in the U.K., for example she is a centrist I, this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse oh go ahead i can i can add to this because i'm this is a subject i'm interested in as well uh what claudia is talking about uh so american politics is in this really strange kind of little like microcosm where <clears throat> the left the leftist most left that any party in the United States has ever gotten was when teddy roosevelt was president and in reality or in the uh, grand scheme of the world, even including Canada right next door, the most liberal people, like you said, a- uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she would be like center-left uh, in the UK. Uh, the The conservative parties in the UK and throughout Europe are really where the Democrats are, roughly, maybe a little further to the right. Um, American Republicans are essentially f- now far-right and American Democrats are slightly left of that, but still really like center right. Uh, Bernie Sanders is like, he would be like 
considered a conservative most places in the world. It's only in the United States that it's like, dude, I am not buying that. No, for real, for real. No way. Yeah. Look, just look at look at Canada. Uh, Trudeau is technically from the Liberal Party, and he's what you would expect somebody to be from on the left side of things. Their conservatives are still so much farther left than what American conservatives are. American conservatives in the grand scheme of the world are like borderline fascists in terms of their levels of want of control and homogeny. Yeah, so in my opinion, the only way to define what makes a leftist is being opposed to capitalism. And currently there are no elected officials in the entire U.S. who are truly opposed to capitalism. If that's, there if are that, some who are opposed to like reform, yeah, but none who are opposed to like fundamentally like uprooting our economic system. If that is how you define it, then I will agree with you because I can't. You can't in the biggest capitalistic country ever of all time. Basically, I don't think you you can get away from that. So if that's how you define that, then I would definitely agree with you. Cause I don't think anyone is anti Be- besides semi Bernie was pretty, it wasn't really even anti-capitalist. So he was nope. just like, Bernie's technically a market capitalist. It's a market capitalist. Mm-hmm. Thank you, John. Yeah, Thank welcome. you. What do you think about the, the Supreme court to hear the abortion case challenging Roe v. Wade? Have you, are you familiar with that? DeMarco yeah. just sent me a link. Yeah, what? Yeah. So I, I'm honestly very, to be honest with you, I'm very, this is why I'm excited. To, I'm very ignorant on this. I know this is this is the rundown of me and in, in the pro, I'm pro, I am pro-choice. And because I believe in everyone's right to do whatever the fuck they want. That's just, that's just how I am, right? Um, uh, for, as a policy, personally, probably wouldn't want to do it. But policy-wise, absolutely. Um, so I'm not very familiar uh, with all the issues, but I'm I'm seeing that this is being challenged, and I was wondering if you could shed a little bit of light on that for me. Yeah, this is not surprising. Um, it's it's not surprising. Um, 2021 is already like the worst year for abortion uh, in decades in terms of like laws that have been passed that restrict abortion that make it harder for people to have abortions or are in some way a ban on abortion why do you think that is like do you think it's because everyone was like bored during the rona and was just like thinking about stuff that was on the internet all the time just fucking browsing at stuff and we're just getting pissed off you know and they're like you know what I am anti this and let's do something about it. I don't know. That's my philosophy, but what do you think? I, it's honestly, I think it's a mixture of things. So being anti-choice is like a, like in the grand scheme of life and things, a fairly new thing. Right. Um, so you've like throughout history, like you've seen the inverse of this. You've seen um, instead of like um, people being anti-choice, you've seen like forced sterilization, right? Yeah. Of certain populations. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I kind of consider that the opposite of of abortion. Um. um in in a strange way. 
Um. So to the case that you're talking about, this is the, oh, what is it titled? I have the New York Times. It's stemming from a Mississippi law that seeks to ban most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, which is two months earlier than Roe v. Wade or any subsequent uh, decisions related to that have been done. So essentially, it's going to attempting to make abortion practically illegal because the only way that you could do an abortion is to somehow know that you were pregnant well before 99% of people know that they are pregnant and you could make that decision because most people don't know until it's, I think, what, six, six weeks to three months most times? Yep. Wow. So, I, that is... You're kind of wrestling with it. This is it's a it's a weird subject that there's a lot of a lot of it's it boils down to and in as far as I can see it's just a lack of basic like science literacy. Dude, it really does cuz like I I wrestle with this I wrestle with it toward like it, in my in my opinion I'm not a, I'm not qualified to speak on this but it's like it's, as soon as it can be a viable person, I feel like I gotta be anti. But I, I, it's so tough. I, it's tough. There's no, there's no basic scientific, as far as I'm aware, and Claudia, you might know, uh, in terms of when you know. I mean, most people don't tell people that they are pregnant until in they're into their second trimester, which is past three months, because either people don't know. Uh, around three months is when you start to show like physically. And then as well, the chance of uh, miscarriages is very high during the first trimester. That's basically most of the time when it can happen. And what is it? It's something like you, most people have at least one or two miscarriages before they successfully can bring a baby to term. So they're basically effectively trying to make it illegal by making it illegal to do an abortion months before you would even know that you're pregnant unless you just happen to go get your blood tested and they find a, the pregnancy hormones in your blood yeah which is which is interesting and i it's i get i'm so i'm so claudia i'm having like an existential crisis <laughs> right now demarco's <laughs> laughing because I'm, I'm wrestling with a lot of things here because you're a changed cause I, man i'm well now i'm a hundred percent pro-choice but I feel like as soon as it's viable, like like you can have deliver premature babies. I don't know what at what age that is. I, I know nothing about this because I'm not married. I'm not trying to have a family. I don't know anything. And I probably should. But um, I just feel, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I know that in, in terms of like if it's to save your life, late term is totally fine. But I just, I wrestle with that. Sorry, Claudia, go ahead. I guess, no, I, I guess, so what it really comes down to, so I, my family is very, like, I've, I've had this conversation in my mind with them. Like, they don't actually know what I do for work. Oh. Um, they have, like, a vague idea that I, like, I, you know, I support. I do political work. They have mm -hmm. a big vision, but I've had this conversation with them in my mind a lot. Um, and what it, like what it comes down to in my head is, do you want to live in a world where the government can force you to get an abortion? If the answer is no, you also don't want to live in a world where the government can force you to stay pregnant. 
God damn, that's good. I fucking love that. You got me. That's solid. And you were asking earlier, like, why this, like, sudden surge of people who are anti-choice? And the answer is really gross, I think. And, like, um, you can call this speculation, but... So, globally, birth rates are on decline. Yes. Um, with this pandemic, um, there there's this illusion that there's a shortage of workers. Um, personally, I don't think that's true. I don't think there is a worker shortage. Um, but there's this illusion that um, there is a worker shortage and that people want more bang, not for their buck, but for their work. Um, and corporations don't fucking want that. They want people <laughs> to be miserable and desperate and willing to do anything for pennies. That's what they want. So they want people, they want poor people specifically to be birthing the next generation of wage slaves. That's what it comes down to. Uh, so the birth rate you were talking about, the... <clears throat> where was that in by 2100 20 what 2100 the uh so the global fertility rate if it falls below 2.1 that's the rate of replacement so right in 2017 the birth rate was 2.4 and project uh, projected by 2100 will be 1.7 so well below the rate of replacement whoa well i mean they won't have to worry about that because robots are here so that'll be the word the new word we're not going to get into that i love robots but claudia to your point i do love i don't want to live in a world where the government can force you to get in abortions and i don't want to live in a world where the government i don't really want the government to tell me anything but at the same point on if it is viable isn't it in the best is it isn't that like a they're trying to protect a citizen though right like Look if it can the be language that you're using you're not using they because deep down you don't really think it's a person no you i think it's i don't it. I, I think it's a person if it can be if it's i'm sorry i can't get away from this i i again not qualified but personally this is per not policy personal because i policy wise i agree with you but personally this is a personal issue mm -hmm. okay but personally i think if if it's if it's old enough to be like if it's if it, if you can save a premature birth like a, a baby right like i feel like that's the point which you you gotta like be okay. like mm, no i was a premature baby i was born at seven months my mother was seven months along okay I could not have survived without a bunch of robots and beeping things hooked up to me, keeping me alive. And even then, it was kind of a long shot. But the reason I don't want to get into this either way is, again, when people are having those late-stage abortions, it is typically in under the most extenuating circumstances. Uh, to support, like, or to help kind of frame this conversation, uh, you want to talk about viable pregnancies. Uh, any child of a fetus before 24 weeks is generally considered not viable at 24 weeks is generally when it's a 50, 50 chance that if that child is born that, or that fetus is born, that it can survive outside the womb without intensive care 
to yeah. to survive. So if 24 weeks is what that's uh 8 months almost and all of the numbers that people keep bringing up to ban abortions are 6 weeks, 15 weeks. You don't you don't know. I mean, people you could have a child that's doing or a fetus that's doing fine and developing correctly and then you're one month out and then you find out that it's it could be stillborn or you could have a miscarriage or any of these things. So Okay, that's fair. I now you've helped me. I'm gonna say it eight months, eight and a half months, I'm then anti. I've then switched camps. And I think that's fair. I, I, I don't I don't I don't I just I'm trying to make a policy here, guys. I'm just trying to I'm trying to figure out this is very uh, yeah. if I if I might if I might add uh, if you are coming at, so I consider myself an anarchist, uh, and Rick and I have a lot of overlap in terms of how we view things, but it comes down to bodily autonomy. If you don't want the government or another person telling an individual what to do with them, then you can't. Policy-wise, I would have to agree with you. Personally, I'm going to say eight and a half months, I've switched camps. But policy-wise, it is what it is. Um, I just, but I don't know if I'd ever pass a law. Like, I don't know if I'd ever vote on something like that because that's deep. And again, policy-wise, eight months and eight and a half months, or personally, eight and a half months, and the mother or person is not, their life's not in danger, then I'm anti. I think that's fair. What do you think, Claudia? Probably disagree with me on that, but... I, I have to disagree again. That's fair. It's not physically... Um, even if the like circumstances aren't phys physically very extreme, there there's something extreme happening, and it's not up to like an outside person to make that call. I, a and here's here's the thing. So, kind of bringing it back to like bigger picture, where the government, um, because the government is like in cahoots with mega corporations who don't care about the sanctity of life or whatever. They just care about what's gonna be good for business. You don't want to live in a world where the government can force you to get an abortion at eight months, eight and a half months, because if they have that power, they will do that. You bring up some good points. Uh, more supporting information. Uh, uh, one of the things they always talk about is that abortions performed at any time can be damaging to the mother's body or anything. Uh, the rate of major or serious complications with abortions is less than one quarter of 1%, which is roughly the same as a colonoscopy and actually, uh, it's less than risky than, yeah, it's, it's, it's less risky than having a wisdom tooth pulled under, uh, anesthesia. I did not know that. I did then, not know any of this. Yeah, and then like they talk about like procedure. yeah, and when they talk about like they always the other thing they bring up is like the uh, quote unquote abortion pills like Plan B. All it is 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 a extremely high dose of of I believe progesterone. That all it does is make your body think it's pregnant all of a sudden so that it can then not allow for uh, implantation or in or fertilization of an egg. To my knowledge, uh, I think those all. I thought that they just forced you to have a period or something like that. The plain it, pills. It it just basically it kind of it throws so much hormones at your body so that it can basically do the same thing as a normal like daily cycle birth control hormonal birth control, but it's just 
a whole lot of it to just like kind of emergency get it going. There's no actual abortion because the any kind of like fertilization likely hasn't happened or is so early onset that it won't be like I said most people don't know it's like not technically you can't really know you're pregnant until at least six weeks and most people don't know until closer to 12. Plan B has saved my life a few times and in a, in a uh, off topic I'm sorry I'm still having an existential crisis over this you're bringing up great points Claudia um, I just I think I I really appreciate the work that you're doing and the conviction that you have. And I also appreciate that you're willing to talk to me about these complicated, I mean, topics. Uh, I mean, it's more complicated even for me than I thought it would be. Uh, Cause I really just haven't paid. I think I was pretty passionate about it in high school. Uh, but I was also, I just like to argue with people. And as I, as I've grown older, I, you know, I, this is not really something that like I'll get in, down on aliens and robots and whatnot, but this doesn't, it doesn't, it, it does affect me. Right. But it, it, it doesn't at the same time. So it's, it's, I'm looking at it from a, just a, a completely different lens. And I know my girlfriend is very passionate about this. She was so pissed off about the, the law that had passed in Texas. And this is something that, which I was very excited to talk to you about um, all of this. And um, how can people get involved? How can they help out with this fight? Yeah, I I think honestly the best way to support people who are like seeking abortion um, to like help alleviate the situation overall is to first of all support abortion funds. Um, Again, so if Roe goes away in a year, um, abortions are still going to happen, right? People are still going to get abortions no matter what, um, but they're likely going to be traveling um, to get abortions. Um, so support your local abortion fund. Um, support Unrestrict Minnesota um, so that we can get rid of the restrictions that exist here. Um, yeah. Do you think that, that this is another one of those, do you think that the state should pay for them? Or do you think that they should be subsidized? I think the state should absolutely pay for them. It's healthcare. Um, and I think the state should pay for healthcare. So that's, that's another like touchy point, right? Because so, uh, people that are in opposite, people that might be pro, but, or pro on your camp might, I don't know if anyone that was on your camp would say. See, I also think that the state should pay for childcare and for a child's um, healthcare. And, you know, it should, so I think the state should cover basic needs, um, including for children. Really? Okay. That's, we might be at a minor disagreement there because I, I don't know. I, I just I don't like it when the government is too so big. You said that you are in favor of freedom and no matter mm-hmm. what you perform. Are poor people free? <sighs> are hungry people free? I mean, 
are, are, I mean, are any of us, I don't, I, so I'm, this is tough. This is a good, I have to think here. Let me think. I don't know how free really any of us are, even rich people. I think some of the freest people I mean, would be like a homeless person where all you, well, you might be a slave to drugs, but if you're just like a traveler, you're living in a van, you're going from place to place, that's probably the highest level of freedom. I guess if you're rich, you have options and those options make you happy and and then give you some sort of freedom. What Um, might I offer a prose to the subject? Uh, So income taxes, we all pay them regardless of philosophically how we feel about the onus of them, right? All of your money, they take, they're going to take your money one way or another, right? So why wouldn't ethically and morally, personally, I would be, I would prefer that all of the money that's taken from my paycheck by the state goes back into the system that can benefit me and other people. Like I pay for, oh wait, Oregon's health plan, which is the Oregon state insurance through my income taxes, regardless of if I have OHP, if I'm making over the income cap, they're still going to take those taxes and pay for them. I'm personally fine with that. I would rather that than all of my income taxes going to Raytheon to build bombs that are going to kill brown people in the Middle East. You know? Yes. But what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is when my issue with I, – I want – like in a perfect world, I would want a lot less government than we have right now. I think it's too big. I also think that like – if you're gonna have kids, like you should be in a, um, a a financial position to like be able to support them no matter what and be able to sure. plan. But like you said, Plan B saved your life so many times. You know, not everybody is able to plan that a hundred percent. Some people either run out of time and it's either have kids or don't, or you just happen to have kids and you are not financially in a position to be optimal. Um, and so this is a, a philosophical thing that I have come to terms with. With uh, liber- I used to consider myself a libertarian. Uh, I don't anymore because libertarian thought tends to come from a vacuum of we are in a perfect world. Of course, there should be no income taxes because there should be no pressure for people to spend their money however much. They should be getting paid a living wage or at least, you know, appropriate amount of money for what they do. We don't live in that system and humanity really doesn't function like that, unfortunately. So I would personally, if we're going to make the, I would rather have the government be big in social services, providing help to people than in say like the situation is right now where it's the military industrial complex is massive and every single sector of the economy is essentially self-governed by the top five to 10 companies in each sector because every quote unquote regulating agency is just a revolving door of current and former executives in those fields, making the rules to benefit their companies. You're on a tangent there. I like it. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get that. (laughs) Claudia. And I, I, I agree with a lot of things you said, my issue is my point of view is that the government is the most inefficient has is the most inefficient thing of all time. You know, and go ahead. In a lot of ways, I agree. So let's use the example of childcare. Yeah. A lot of people would think um, childcare 
um, in like a socialist government, for example, would look like the government setting up like childcare facilities and like handling out uniforms and like indoctrinating your children with things like whatever they want to indoctrinate them with. When really it's going to look like the government giving you money, like to like in the poorest communities, like they've found solutions to childcare, like mm -hmm. they've um, um, found ways like beyond like nuclear. Um, nuclear families so like you have like multi um, families like living together to like multi-generational families yeah. Yeah. yeah um and that's their solution to child care um and instead of like a government run like child care facility you would have the government paying those people for the labor of, of doing that work that would be cool i don't know if we'll ever do that though just like how shitty everything is like we can't seem to fix a lot of the thing. I mean, we have a bill that's hopefully, I mean, this would be good if Biden was able to do this, but I mean, we have, we have a crumbling infrastructure in this country. This has not been addressed. We have the crime rates are up, unless in my part, in the part of the country, we have a, a homeless problem. Um, it's it, We have failed to deal with all of that. So I get very suspicious. Uh, I think California has a billion dollar uh, like fun to deal with. Uh, Google that because I could be full of shit there. But I think they spend a billion dollars a year to deal with the homeless population and it hasn't fixed anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, now is that people lining their pockets with that money? I'm not sure. But like, I just don't feel like I, that's why I'm super anti-government. And they're like, no, all these programs, they're just not going to work. They're going to devolve into shit. That's why I get weird about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I like, I definitely understand that mindset. Um, I, I always default to like people find solutions for themselves. Um, and, and I, the only like thing missing is like the resources to do that adequately. So another example, I use childcare as an example. Another thing is like, um, community safety. So you have entire communities like black and brown communities who essentially like, not only are they brutalized by the police, they also like can't count on the police coming in to help them if they need help. Um, and so they find their own solutions. They set up like community groups that essentially like research into like what makes community safe and then like enact those things that prevent crime um, mm -hmm. and keep people safe. Um, oh, yeah. That's like a full-time job that they're essentially doing for free. Think about how much better it would function if the government like paid people to do that work. Um, well, there, I mean, there are limitations to that, of course, with like infrastructure. Um, you mentioned like crumbling infrastructure that I think would have to be like a government thing. But with like 100%. a lot of things, like people are finding their own solutions. They're just doing so with extremely limited resources that the government so, could provide. You want okay? So I, I see what you're saying. So I think we're talking about the same thing. We're just my, we're trying to get there different ways. So I that's one of my things. It's like I think people will figure it out. We don't need the government to figure it out. Uh, I do agree with you. One of the parties that was self policing was the Black Panther Party until they yeah. you know they assassinated Fred Hampton in Chicago. Um, so I we're 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 on. I think we see eye to eye on more things than. A lot of things we just might have different ways i'm more of a was i also think that my philosophy you gotta pull yourself up by your bootstrap i think that that's also a little bit of bullshit too right that's a little bit of bullshit too um 
Rick, I, please don't be a bootstrap guy. Please, just don't I'm do that to us. I'm not a bootstrap guy. <laughs> I'm not a boot, but I just don't want to get the government involved in anything. I, but I, I don't know. Now we're trying to solve the problems of. The, did you ever find that California that stat? I did. Yeah. It, so it is. It is a one a one billion dollar budget. Uh, Seven hundred and fifty million of that is new. That it's being used both to help mitigate homelessness with services and treatment programs and but mostly done through uh was it called medi california or Cal- calamedi or whatever it's their basically their state-run insurance program let's see if they can fix that problem because if they're spending a billion dollars on the home and i mean i've been down there it's h- horrific it's bad up here um but we'll see I mean, if they got seven hundred fifty more million dollars, maybe they'll surprise me. Who knows? Maybe they threw maybe they threw enough money at it. I don't know. But um, I uh, I that's we're we're running out of time here. So I want to thank you. Uh, where can people find you? Um, do you have social media? Anything? You know, just just let the let the folks know. Um, I fuck. <laughs> you don't have to say it if you don't want to. Don't no, worry. I'm just I'm not super active anywhere. I mean, I have my own show, but it's not related to like the work that I do at all. <laughs> like, what's your What's your show about? Um, I do a show on Twitch. I give people life advice. It's very sporadic. My God, I love that. What kind of it, life What kind of life advice would you give me? My tagline is, "I might ruin your life." <laughs> you might. <laughs> So, my advice, my first piece of advice to you, which I don't think will ruin your life at all, is to just extremely, just don't be a bootstraps guy. <laughs> I'm not going to be a bootstraps guy. It is tempting. Though. You got to remember, I was raised by boomers. I definitely was. And there's a lot of that in me. There's a I lot. I can support that. You are the oldest 29-year-old I have ever met. I am, I just am weird. I I have a lot of I I'm a strange, You have you have unfortunately very strong boomer tendencies. I have very strong boomer tendencies. The boomer energy in me is just flowing. But, <clears throat> you know, so don't be a bootstrap. What about for what about for DeMarco? Um get even bigger cat Years. What but, about the cat boys, though? You know. Yes. Yes. For the for the people that list are listening, uh, De- Demarco has cat ears on his and his headphones. It's get ridiculous. Get even bigger ones. Just bigger ones. Keep going. I'm gonna get big floppy ones that fall over. You know? Yes. And they're pink. I don't. I oh don't, hell yeah! <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, well, people, get out there, get involved on either side. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, honestly, if you're like me, fucking read more about this. Cause I don't know any, I literally don't know anything about the reproductive system. I don't get it. <laughs> so I probably should learn more about that. You, you probably should. Uh, as, as should you most likely anyways, folks, thanks for listening. Love you. Peace.